Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Mike Greeny with you here. We roll along on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance and our guests on the Goodyear hotline. If things sound a little funky to you right now, it's because they are. We've had some computer crashing issues going on in Bristol uh, but all is well. All that really matters is that our microphones work. You can hear me. I'm Greeny. You can hear Hembo. You can hear Nuno. You can hear the assembled members of the hashtag crew. And we have a lot to talk about. I want to start before I get to this basketball that I promised with what you just heard Christine Lisi say in SportsCenter. And that is the story about Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the Giants, who now will not play against the Cowboys this week. That's significant from a variety of reasons. But, Hembo, you were reading down in the story, and you made a couple of observations that I think are worthy of sharing. Yeah, so the injury has not worsened, but they're erring on the side of caution for obvious reason because you're talking about a neck. But anytime your franchise quarterback is seeing multiple spine specialists, especially given the way that he plays and given the fact that these, he has had some recurring injury issues, that's a really bad place to be. I mean, obviously you're talking about a quarterback still on his rookie deal. You're not talking about someone you know, like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. And that's a kind, it's the kind of thing that you should probably shut the guy down for, even if you were sort of on the fence. It's kind of an ugly injury to me to read about. It's a weird situation yeah. because he's able to work out fully. Like he went through an extensive pregame workout before their game against the Chargers on Sunday, but he hasn't been cleared for the contact. And that's the thing. We've seen a lot of guys' careers. And I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like we're speculating this is happening here. But we've seen a lot of guys whose careers have been significantly impacted by things like that. You start dealing with a spine. That's not something you ever want to play around with. And that, that should go without saying. <coughs> so, Nuno, you were actually yesterday the first one who said on this show, the Giants should just shut him down for the rest of the season mm-hmm. based on a variety of factors. By the way, Mike Glennon will start for them this weekend again against the Cowboys. Uh, but you think they should shut him down, Yes. Yes, I think, and as I said yesterday, the only reason they haven't done this, and it's a bad job by them, is if they believe they need to see him play uh, some more this year to figure out what they're going to do. Because at this point, like, there is nothing else that this kid can do. Uh, You need to worry about his health. Yeah, so that's the story there. I'm going to play you some sound bites from their coach a little later in this hour. I've been promising this basketball for a long time, so I want to get to that. But I'm going to play you some sound bites a little bit later from their coach and tell you who it is he's talking to. The fact that he is talking to the people he's talking to, I think, is something that should be of concern to everyone. It's Greeny here on ESPN Radio. Uh, we stream live with you every single day on ESPN+. Plus. We're live from the Seaport District at Pier 17. We're brought to you by Chase. Meanwhile, let's see if I can do this. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. All right, my soundboard works, so that's kind of nice. I have an interesting question of the day. Jalen and I cooked it up on Saturday, and we sprung it on Stephen A. Smith and Michael Wilbon in Philadelphia. But the facts of the matter have changed, and so let's get deeply into this. It was my belief, and remains my belief, in in an alternative universe that the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers each have the solution to each other's problem on their rosters. The Philadelphia 76ers have Ben Simmons. He's not going to play for them again. They need to trade him. And because the world knows that, it is hard to get anything even approaching value for him and his particular skill set. The Nets have Kyrie Irving, 
who is not playing because there is a vaccine mandate in New York City that inexplicably doesn't apply to visiting players, but does to local players. And because Kyrie Irving refuses to be vaccinated, he's not going to be able to play for the Brooklyn Nets, it would appear, for the foreseeable future. And it was my belief, and Nuno, let me bring you in on this to begin with, as my vice president of basketball insight, it was my belief that if you look at the particular skill sets of those two players, that neither one of those teams was going to do better than trading them for each other. Now, they're rivals in theory, and they play in the same division and everything else, so usually you wouldn't want to do that. But in this circumstance, if you're Philly and teams are offering you 25 cents on the dollar or whatever it is, and you can get Kyrie Irving and his extraordinary offensive skill set to go along with Embiid, and you're the Nets, you don't need another scorer, you need a defender, and Simmons is as good as anybody. You need someone who's a willing passer and all the rest of those things, and he's like Jason Kidd. So why are you laughing at that? Because he is, he is the most willing passer <laughs> ever. That's a good point. That's his epitaph. Ben Simmons, comma, willing passer. Passed up the dunk. Unfortunately, he's an unwilling shooter. But, 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 but so Nuno... This was my thinking on Saturday, and on Saturday, it made sense. Now, I'll explain why it doesn't anymore in a minute. But on its face, what do you think of it? No, I, it's a win-win for both teams, I think. I think you would get both the players would be extremely motivated, and I think that, especially for the Nets, that you are already without him, without Kyrie, a championship contender. I think you add Ben Simmons and his set of skills – that elevates them to, I think, no matter how good the Warriors or the Suns have been, to favorites uh, in the NBA. I agree. And look, at, at the end of the day, if you're the Sixers, to me, the number one option here is to get, Dam- uh, to get Damian Lillard. Th- that would be the best thing that could happen to you if you're Philly. At least for the moment in Portland, the people running the show there are saying they're not trading him, they're not trading him, they're not trading him. Maybe that changes. But if that doesn't change, then I believe the best thing you could do is this. Now... I bounced this off Hembo, and Hembo, because he is a Philadelphia guy, was able to give me some information that I will confess I did not have for why all this went out the window yesterday. That's because Philadelphia officials announced yesterday, Greeny, that proof of of COVID vaccine will soon be required to eat inside a restaurant or food establishment in Philadelphia. The rollout begins on January 3rd, and what the health commissioner there said is that the mandate will apply to the Wells Fargo Center, which is where the Sixers play, of course, and other indoor sporting venues where people buy food and eat it in their seats. So, in other words, the exact same problem that the Nets are having now with Kyrie Irving would become the 76ers' problem a month from now. So this applies... Okay, you just told me they passed a vaccine mandate. That isn't the exact same vaccine mandate we have in New York. This applies to eating. Right. (laughs) As ridiculous as this may sound... (laughs) Kyrie Irving may not eat in the in the Wells Fargo Center. Can he play? Is he allowed? Will he be allowed to play if he's unvaccinated? He will not be allowed to play because they serve food Understood. indoors. That is that has been addressed. Someone has specifically said so. All the Sixers players then will have to be vaccinated. Yes. Are they all vaccinated? I don't know for sure. I know but, a lot of teams are. But fully. locally, it is being discussed. The, the assumption is that it will apply to basketball players the way that it does to the Nets in New York, for right. example. So, so that, I think that's important information because that would 
kibosh this trade. Mm-hmm. That scuttles this whole idea because you would the, the Sixers would have the same problem with Kyrie that the Nets currently do. So that kind of went out the window. And also there's a belief that it would also apply in this case to visiting players for whatever it's worth too. So it might be some sort of advantage for the 76ers if Philadelphia is not going to allow unvaccinated players to play at the Wells Fargo Center, unlike what they're doing at Barclays. Yeah. And and at the Garden. Um, right, and, and know, at the Garden. It, it is an interesting, like Stephen A. brought this up on the show on Saturday night, and it's a good point. Like, it isn't really logically consistent to me why you would not allow hometown players, let's just use Kyrie Irving as an example, to play in Brooklyn or at the Garden, but you will allow visiting players who are unvaccinated to play. I don't get it. No, neither do I. But... I guess uh, ours is not to reason why. So, so the point of it is this trade that I cooked up that was so genius is now inapplicable, right? It doesn't make sense. It would have worked literally yesterday. <laughs> it would have worked yesterday. Can you imagine if they made that trade yesterday <laughs> oh, no. and then Philadelphia put this policy oh, in place? No. Just think about that for a minute. I don't mean to laugh about what is obviously a very serious situation, but sometimes what can you do but laugh about, you know, the, we're living in a pandemic. Um, imagine if they had, no, no, just imagine this set of circumstances. They make this trade and then three days, if they made this trade the end of last week and then Philadelphia announces this new mandate on Saturday. I would say it couldn't happen to a better fan base. Right? Oh, you are something else. You have no, I was just there. I was in Philly on Saturday. The fans were awesome. Uh, they were very nice. They were very welcoming to us as we that's were there. That's how we are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's how you are to players. You, they were very welcoming to, you know, Steve of and Michael course. and Jalen and me. Um, but one way or another. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. That That's one of the different hoops uh, topics I wanted to get to today. Straight Talk Wireless. Hey, they rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. You can get a Samsung Galaxy. A32 5G for only $299, no contract, all on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required, actual availability coverage, and speed may vary. Uh, Coming up in just a moment here, I'm going to give you five things you need to know about this NBA season a third of the way through. Plus, you're going to hear from one NFL coach who is talking to all the wrong people. That's on the way after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger's always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. This is ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Oh yeah, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Did you know we are basically a third of the way through the NBA season? And here are five things you absolutely need to know. The list is what determines who matters in this business. All right, to the green list, the five things compiled by me, exclusively by me, and only by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. I'm going to give you five things about the NBA season that you absolutely need to know about a third of the way into the year. Number five. The Cavaliers are good. For the first time in a really long time, a LeBron-less Cleveland team is good. How about this stat? Cleveland is five games over 500 without LeBron James on the team for the first time since December of 2000. It has been 21 years since a Cavaliers team that didn't have LeBron on it was five games over 500 at any time in the season. They got a bunch of good young players. I'm paying so much more attention to this than I normally would because of, of my new role with the NBA. So I'm watching all these games every single night. Now, Wednesdays and Fridays, I sit in there watching with Michael and Jalen and, and Stephen A., and it's wonderful the things that I'm picking up. And one of them is I'm watching the Cavaliers play every night, and Ricky Rubio and Dallas, Darius Garland, and they're good. And the young kid they have in the middle is really good. So they, they are an interesting team to watch. They are a team that could make a run, believe it or not, at like getting in that play-in tournament. Whatever the case is. So that's number five. The Cavs are way better than you think. Number four. So is Trey Young. Trey Young last night in a losing cause had 41 points and nine assists. He has 18 career 40 point games. Did you know that there were only two players in NBA history who had more career 40 point games through their first four seasons? Only two players. No, no, you want to guess who they are? Have you seen the stat? I am looking at it, so I won't play that game. The two players, have you, I assume you've seen it, Hembo. I've seen the stat, but the most impressive thing about it is he's only played three in the third season. So right. He can, he, can keep, he can keep adding Well, finally, what are their numbers, actually? The two players are, up now. are Michael Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal. So Michael Jordan and Shaquille O'Neal are the only players since the merger to have more 40-point games in their first four seasons than Trey Young has. Now, I will remind anyone who doesn't remember – Michael Jordan missed almost his entire second season. So his second season, I forget exactly how many games he played, but that was the year he broke his foot. And then if you watched Last Dance, you saw they had him on a, 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 what's the word, a pitch count. When he came back, they limited his minutes and everything else. So his number is even all the more outstanding. But as far as this is concerned, Jordan and Shaq, how far away are they? Uh, I want you to guess. I want you to guess how many you think so that Trae Jordan Young and Shaq has. So Trey Young has 18 40-point games. So through his first four seasons, I'm going to guess Shaq had 30. Shaq had 21. Okay. I'm going to guess Michael Jordan had... I'm, just, I'm gauging from the smile on your face. I'm going to guess he had 40. He had 62. Oh, my God. 62 40-point games. And in year two, he played 18 games. Yeah, so, so essentially That's in three seasons, he had, was averaging roughly 20 
40-point games a year. Will Chamberlain had 182 such games. Yeah, that was before the merger, so it doesn't count. One way or another, Trey Young is putting up numbers that are historically good. By the way, their team can't find a way to win a game in the fourth quarter, but that's a different conversation. Next, number three, the Lakers are startlingly average. The Lakers, who have hovered right around 500 basically this entire year, yes, they've played a lot without LeBron, but they have the 23rd best offense and 11th best defense in the sport. Their big three have played 255 minutes together, and the Lakers are plus seven in those minutes. That's it, plus seven when they have LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook out there. So Stephen A. has been speculating, and I'm sure you've seen this on our countdown shows, that they will fire the coach. Maybe they try and make some sort of impactful player transaction between now and the trade deadline. But one way or another, the Lakers right now do not look like a championship contender. They are definitely not one of the three best teams in the West. The three best teams in the West are Phoenix, Golden State, and Utah. You can argue over the order if you want to. And Golden State's going to get much better because they're going to get Klay Thompson back at some point soon. The Lakers, at least right now, don't look as they're in the same league with any of those three teams. Do you think that it is too early to say that the Russell Westbrook trade is a disaster? Yes, I think it's too early, primarily because LeBron has been out for so much of this time. I think you need to leave them together. But I, I think no matter how well they put it together with Russell Westbrook, it doesn't make them a championship team. And that's the only standard there. Like, there's no, wow, if we can creep into the top four seeds and win a playoff series, that's not a successful season when it says Lakers on the front of your jersey. Greening with the five things you need to know at the quarter pole, excuse me, the one-third mark of the NBA season. Number two. The biggest disappointment in the sport to me thus far is the Knicks. I was there opening night at the Garden. We did countdown from the court when they beat the Celtics in double overtime. And the Knicks, they, they, the improvements they made last year, the additions they made this year, particularly Kemba Walker, I really thought this, the Knicks are going to take a step forward. They're going to be a top four team in the East this year. I didn't think they'd be a championship contender, but I thought they'd be much better. And the biggest problem has been their defense. That was a hallmark of a, is a hallmark of Tom Thibodeau's coaching. They were the fourth best defense in the league last year. They're 24th this year. Let me bring in Nuno, my beloved Nick fan extraordinaire. How are we feeling? We talk a lot about your Giants here. How are you feeling about the Knicks a third of the way into this season? Not good, Greeny. Uh, not good. There's, it's, I understand this is uh, that you had to pay Julius Randle all that money, but that at this point in time doesn't look like it was a good thing. It's like, I don't know what's wrong with Julius. I'm not saying he's checked out, but there's some struggles there. RJ's been hit and miss, RJ Barrett. And then, you know, coming off of a couple good games, all of a sudden he's, you know, he's out in the health and safety protocols. Obi Toppin had a great game on Friday night. He's uh, he's missing some time now because of uh, health and protocols. Uh uh, Quentin Grimes is another guy that you know got a chance to play this weekend. Was looked great. Now all of a sudden he's out. Like so, there's no continuity. And what I'm worried about, and and you know this town better than anyone else, is people are going to start looking at. You know, I've already seen like, hey, Leon Rose needs to take a hit for how he put this team together. And people are going to start questioning have have they checked out on Tibbs in less than a year and a half? And like that's what worries me. Yep. Uh, look, it not mentioned in any of that was that their biggest offseason acquisition is Kemba Walker, and he's not even in the rotation anymore. So it's been a huge disappointment there. But finally, number one, number one is Steph Curry being two three-pointers away from breaking the all-time record. And what Steph has done in this last season and a third 
in my opinion, is elevate his historical standing. So Jalen and I had a fascinating conversation. We had a, a Zoom when I was on the train on my way uh, to Philly, which, by the way, what a delightful way to travel that is. The Acela? Oh, it's a delight. I mean, there's no bad way to travel to Philly. There are any number of bad ways to travel to Philly. If you are in New York and you fly to Philly, you're a fool. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> That's right. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because I had a car take me back after the game. I was home in an hour and 20 minutes. But, but the train there, oh, it's a delight. Did you know that on these trains that they bring you food? I'm sitting there. They bring over a menu. Who knew that? I was like, keep going. (laughs) I'll go to D.C. I'm having a delightful time. What do you order on a train, by the way? They have a, a full menu. You can get whatever you want. They got like every. I think they had everything from like some sort of short rib. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, That's they no ha- joke. I'm talking about a menu. Okay. I'm talking about food. It was delightful. Wow. I had none of it, but that's neither here nor there. And anyway, <laughs> the point of it making is, Jalen and I were talking about it. Right now, Nuno and Hembo, right now, if I said how many point guards, Steph Curry is not a classic point guard. But if you're going to put a digit next to everybody's name, he's a one. He's a one. He's not a two. He's a one. So if you're going to line up all the players who, who would have the number one next to them, meaning they were theoretically point guards, how many would you name before you would get to him on the list of the greatest ones ever? Nuno, how many are you naming? Maybe two. At this Magic point Johnson is one. Yes. And the other? <laughs> Sorry, uh, one of the Philly guys, uh, Cam, was filling in for uh, Bubba made me laugh. He mentioned Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I, you know what? It, it might be I still like, you know, Jason Kidd. I know he wasn't the scorer of like, so, but it's, it's, it's a toss up at this point. Isaiah Thomas. Um, and Oscar I know, Robertson. Oscar, if you're going to go back to Oscar, that's going to change the, the dynamic of this. But, okay, let's put Oscar. Oscar should be on the list of the greatest players ever. John Stockton. Allen Iverson, who also would have a one next to his name, even though he's not really a classic point guard. Right. Has Steph elevated to now where he is? Let, let's even give Oscar his due. Has Steph now elevated to where he's ahead of Steve Nash? Has he elevated to where he's ahead of all those guys, save for Magic and Oscar? Yes, absolutely. And I think by, by the time it's all said and done, it might just be Magic. It might not even, it might not even be Magic. Steph Curry is 33 right now. Yes. And he's, 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 he quite possibly could win the MVP of the league this year. Like, he's not close to being done. And, and his all-time three-point record is going to be perhaps one of the most unbreakable ones ever. And they might win another championship or more. I think there's a lot left on his plate. I agree. I'm not, not right this minute. He is the overwhelming favorite right. to win this year's mm-hmm. MVP award. We'll see where it winds up going. Anyway, that's today's green list. I really like it. And I and 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 we will continue to work the hoops in here as we go. Work our way from football season, and there'll be plenty of basketball conversation as we go on. I'll also tell you you can listen to the ESPN Daily podcast. Brings you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. It's presented by Supercuts. You can download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. It's available wherever you enjoy your podcast. We will get back to some football here. I'll tell you about one coach who was talking to all the wrong people, and I will also uh, tell you how I know where the best party of all time is now scheduled to be. All that is next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greenie, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because nothing says sports talk like a little Miley Cyrus in the morning. Oh, hit me. This is Greeny. Do you know this song? Yes. This is a... Um, yes, it's, I, it's like... Right, it's not Miley classic Cyrus. rock. Uh, Wrecking Ball. This is a it's, well-known song. Yes. You know Miley? I don't know her personally, no. no. I, I am familiar with her, her body of work. Did, um, you, did you watch her TV? Do you know what her famous TV show was called? It's, it was on the Disney Channel. Yes. Hannah Montana. That's correct. Yeah. Very good. Well yes. done. I was right. much more into uh, Hillary Duff In myself. Th- <laughs> she, was the fir- she was the first woman I ever loved. Oh, very good. Fun fact. That shows you an indication of just how different our ages are, because the first woman I ever loved was Chris Everett. <laughs> and the year was 1973. Uh, Greeny with you here. Hey, you should ho- join the host, Gotham Chopra, as he explores what Tom Brady has meant to football and the world in this new podcast from ESPN Plus and Religion of Sports called Man in the Arena. It's a companion piece to the ESPN Plus docuseries. It's a 10-part podcast. It goes through all the ripple effects of Brady's career, and it makes you think about things in a very different way. It's brought to you by State Farm, ZipRecruiter, and Rocket Mortgage. You can listen and follow Man in the Arena now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and stream the docuseries on ESPN+. I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? All right, I'm sorry, what was uh, was created uh, with the intention of hearing a soundbite that makes you say, I'm sorry, what? And Joe Judge was born for that job. Joe Judge is the coach of the New York football giants. And it has been my experience as a lifelong observer of professional football and as one who covered pro football for seven years in Chicago, that coaches generally, when they're up there at their press conference, the good coaches anyway, use the opportunity to speak to someone. They're delivering messages. They're not just up there talking. They're not just saying whatever comes into their mind. This, parenthetically, is why I get so mad at Robert Sala or have over the course of the year. It seems to me sometimes he's just telling you what he's thinking. This is an opportunity missed. Like these press conferences, these are strategic opportunities. You have a chance to deliver a message. And the really good coaches, first and foremost, will deliver messages to their locker rooms with what they say. 
Sometimes I think they are delivering messages to fans. In this case, as I play you this soundbite from Joe Judge, whose team is just abysmal, you tell me who you think he's talking to when he says this. And I've said this from the beginning. I'm not interested in coming in and having some kind of quick flash. I'm not interested in shortcuts. I'm not interested in quick fixes. I want to do this the right way. And when I took this job, I made it very, very clear uh, that I was only going to do this if you know we were all committed to doing this the right way. And that's been something that's been very clear from ownership on down. I'm very happy with the support the ownership gives. Uh, both families are tremendous people to work for. I know this team is very, very important to them. And to be honest with you, you know, it's their family business. So you know what? Football is my family business, too. So I take a lot of pride in what we do. And the product is important to me, not only just, you know, the wins and losses, which is ultimately in this business the most important part, but it's also how you do it and how you prepare, how you conduct yourself throughout the course of the week, how your team represents you on and off the field, all right, and how the players reflect, all right, what you're trying to represent within the community and the city you represent. Okay. Who is he talking to? You know, my, my opinion? Yes. I think he's talking to the owner. Directly to the owners, right? Nuno, is there any question? He is talking to – don't pay attention to the record, even though we are clearly a win-now team, even though we treated our offseason like a win-now team, even though we spent a bunch of free agent money, particularly on Kenny Galladay, and we remade the offensive line again, and the quarterback <laughs> was finally in a prove-it year, his third season, and he was going to be ready to go, and back-to-back years in the offense, all this different stuff that this was, despite all appearance to the contrary, that this was never about winning now, that this is about slowly but surely, brick by brick, putting in place a foundation upon which we can build. Who is he saying that to, Nuno? That's six and a half minutes, because remember, that like 45 seconds was the end of a six and a half minute. He was asked a question about his comments that he made on Sunday, and he went on for six and a half minutes. And he ended with that. Everything he said in there was to the owners, was to John Mara. It was to the guy who, you know, uh, there was reports out that he's not going to get fired, that that Mara loves him, that Mara looks at him like a, his Belichick and uh, and his Parcells guy. Like, that was everything to the guy that's not going to fire him because he's fooled by Joe Judge saying the right things and, and so forth. And and I'm, I want to say I'm disgusted by that because that, to me, listening to that, just screams that Mara isn't going to pull the trigger. That Mara is so infatuated with this guy that he is blinded by him because he says the right things and tells him, oh, we're building the right culture. And I can look at someone's eyes and know they're, they're still, you know, buying in that like that. This is what disgusts me is that as a Giant fan that I don't believe they're going to do the right thing. It, it is. It is a cautionary tale. I'll say this. Uh, I, I have lived this now for a decade. When you take the coach and the general manager off cycle, you are opening the door to all kinds of trouble. I'll say it again. The Jets did it 10 years ago. They fired Mike Tannenbaum and kept Rex Ryan. And so then the only person they could hire to become their new general manager was someone who wanted to work with Rex Ryan. Which with and I don't mean this as a value judgment on Rex as much as it is most of these guys come in wanting someone. If I'm a super high profile, if, if I'm a, a GM candidate or a president of operations candidate with options, I have my own list. And if Rex Ryan isn't on the list, I don't want the job. Same thing in Chicago. Chicago, they're going to clean house. That's the right thing to do. If you're going to keep the guy, keep him. I have no problem with that. If you decide you want to keep him, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But if you decide you want to keep Ryan Pace and you want to keep Matt Nagy, then keep them both. 
But under no circumstances do you keep Nagy and fire Pace. Because now, let's just use Lewis Riddick, because he's the name that comes up all the time, and I happen to love him. So I hope he gets a, if, if indeed that's what he wants. I think Lewis is very happy doing Monday night. And I, don't, I don't know that for sure. He's never said to me, I'm dying to get a job in this. But let's just use him as an example. If you're Lewis Riddick, and let's say there's five teams that are interested in you, and one of them says, well, your coach is going to be Joe Judge. You can make a lot of other decisions, but the most important one by far that you're going to make has been made for you. And then Chicago presents you a blank slate. I I guess they are bringing you back Justin Fields, but that's a lot more negotiable than being your head coach. There's no question which job you're going to take, right? So you are limiting yourself. You are putting yourself in a little box. It's a trick box, and it's a big mistake. So John Mara doesn't need advice from me. It is his family business. He's grown up in it. And he is a person for whom I have a great deal of personal respect. But if I were to offer him any unsolicited advice, it would be don't fire Gettleman, but keep the coach. The only way you do that is if you were now giving Joe Judge more power. You've now decided I'm going to give him like Belichickian authority where he's <laughs> kind of the man and you let him choose the GM. And I just can't fathom that anyone would look at this situation and say, he's proven to you he's worthy of that. As almost no one has done that successfully. So I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I, what I don't like about what Joe Judge said there in that spiel, and obviously we only heard a small part of it, is that he's not really answering the question. He's not really saying anything. All he's doing is reciting lines. Like Joe Judge is just saying a bunch of things that sound good. Like it's almost as if he was just like duplicating whatever it was he said in the job interview to us now. The difference is that we have two years of data that says you're not that good at this. So I'm sort of with Nuno on this one. Yeah, this is a win now team. For sure. When, for when, sure. You're, when you have a win now team that's four and nine and you're telling everybody that you're putting a foundation in and, and because I can look in a player's eyes and see he's still playing hard, things have gone very, very wrong. All right. In the meantime, uh, Greeny, and your chance to be a part of Greeny Nation here regularly on the Dr. Pepper call in line because ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is red hot. Fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. I told you that I know where the best party of all time is going to be. And that is going to be in Las Vegas in February of 2024. An announcement will be made tomorrow at the NFL owners meetings that the Super Bowl in February of 2024, which will be Super Bowl 50, what is that, 8? L-V-I-I-I is, is 58. You hate Roman numerals. You really hate them. I know Roman numerals, though. Did you know that was 58? I knew it was 58, but I just remember back, to, back at the Super Bowl when, you, when you know, Nuno was putting you know, the Super Bowls in the Google Doc and you were trying to like, interpret them on the well, fly. Well, it takes a second to read yes. them. Are you telling me you can look at a Roman numeral that has like multiple digits in it and know, or multiple letters in it and know immediately what it is? Never immediately. No, never. And if, it's, and if it's more than 100, it takes me several a while, minutes. Yes, because I keep forgetting. <laughs> like, what is C again? Yeah, it comes it's up. a rare digit. And M is a thousand. It's not a million. Very There's difficult. a lot of so whatever. The point of it is Super Bowl 58 is going to be in Vegas. That is going to be a party. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a party. And I think it is also an interesting indication of where the league is now on gambling. Like they have held gambling at arm's length forever. Remember, this is a league that was formed after 1919. So after America's most popular sport was almost destroyed by a gambling scandal in which a World Series was thrown, the NFL comes into being right around that time. So gambling has been verboten 
the, the, the third rail has been the worst thing in the world in pro football for understandable reasons forever. And all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, we have an NFL franchise in Vegas and the Super Bowl is going there. And I'm going there for the draft in April. Wow. So it is, it's a trifecta. So it really is amazing when you stop and think about that, that it. That might be the most bet-on event in history of the sport, the Super Bowl in Vegas. And it is funny because even – I've only been at ESPN for like six, five, six years now. But since I've gotten here, so much has changed in terms of how, what we're even allowed to do in covering the sport from a gambling perspective – I guess it just goes to show you anytime there's an opportunity to make money, morals be damned. Yeah, and, and I don't – look, I've never thought it was a moral issue. I understand that it is a safeguarding the integrity of your sport issue. Uh, that part of it I totally get, right. and I support that. But I've never felt that the legalization of gambling or the NFL being willing to embrace it on some level, as all sports are now, would make throwing these games any more or less likely. They make so much <laughs> more money. Like in, in 1919, the, the, the Black Sox scandal, like – they were making way more money to throw it than they had made the whole season. That was right. the big. That was a hundred years ago. Like you said, the NFL came into being the very next year. Now, speaking of that, it, it would be remarkable if there was a website that was writing stories about baseball in 1919 right now. And oh, by the way, there is. I'm ready to go right now. Green lights, lights with Greeny. Give me the green light. All right, I told you at the beginning of the show we will give you some information on the worst website in the world, um, and that has become MLB.com. So uh, my green light here I'll give first to myself. How's the lockout going? Answer, terrible. No one's trying. No one's trying. No meetings. There's no nothing. There's no talking. They're not doing anything. And the owners have decided they're not going to um, showcase their players in any way on their website, even though every single legal expert asked says they don't have to do this. They say they legally have to do it, but I can't find anyone who agrees with that. Not, I, we, have, we, have, we have questioned the most brilliant legal minds. And Bubba. And Bubba. And, and again, Bubba, I mean, all joking aside, I mean, Bubba was a law professor. I know everyone thinks that we kid around about that stuff. But what you don't know is that long before his career in radio production, which is really just a passion play for him, uh, Bubba was a law professor. He taught at Harvard. He taught at, at multiple different places. So he is a, a, a noted legal scholar. And he, too, does not see any reason why the owners have to have no players on their website. But maybe it's because they have these brilliant other stories they can put up there. Hembo, we do this weekly. Let's just peruse. (laughs) What are the top headlines on MLB.com? The number one story right now on MLB.com reads, Louis Armstrong's... (laughs) 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 I have to ask before you even go any farther... Was there a player I'm unaware of named Louis Armstrong, or are they talking about the legendary jazz trumpeter? (laughs) The story is about the trumpeter. Okay. The story (laughs) is about Louis Armstrong, the jazz trumpeter. Please finish the headline. The headline is Louis Armstrong's Secret Nine, Still a Secret. The subhead reads... (laughs) Wait, wait. Let me try and guess what the subhead (laughs) of that would be. So his Secret Nine... So I'm, I'm guessing this is not like the front nine of a back of a, of a golf course, but it's a nine, meaning you have nine players in a baseball game. So his secret nine are such a secret that they're still a secret. So it's something no one knew existed. And now we still don't know, but we have a story about it. We do. We I have, read the subhead because I have no guess what this is. You know, Louis Armstrong is the greatest trumpet player ever. But, yeah, but did you know his second passion was baseball and his favorite team might be his own Secret Nine. So I opened the story. It, took, it takes about six or seven paragraphs before any baseball is mentioned. Okay. But apparently, 
there is a there are there are nine players that played against the New Orleans Pelicans um, in this game in the forties and on Louis Armstrong Day uh, in New Orleans on what was this August seventeenth of this is this is the story. I'm not doing a very good job of articulating this, but that's the impetus here. It's August 16th, okay, let me just 1931. Louis there, Armstrong. There's right? not a human being alive interested in this, <laughs> right? Not a human being. I like jazz music. I love Louis Armstrong. What a Wonderful World is is one of the single greatest songs of all time. I I like jazz. I like Louis Armstrong. There are no words to describe. What would have to happen for, for you to read that story, to actually sit down and say, you know, this is information I feel like I need to have. Like, what other, what would your other options have to be? This is a situation on August 16th, 1931, that nine players who are his secret nine are playing the New Orleans Pelicans secretively. <laughs> it was, it's the New Orleans Pelicans? That was the minor league team there then. Oh, it's a minor league team. So yeah. it's not like Zion's team. No, 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 no. Because they haven't been the New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> very long. These are the original Pelicans in the, <laughs> in the 30s. And they were Louis Armstrong's secret nine. No, they played Louis Armstrong's secret nine. See, in paragraph 10, you read all about Thank it. Thank goodness I can get all... Well, see, here's what I'm going to do. Between now and tomorrow's program, I'm going to read this story in depthly so I can correctly fill you in on all of this information because I know this is stuff that you need to know and that's why it's prominently featured on MLB.com. We'll see you tomorrow here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.